So you saw a... Yes. Okay. You saw a uh, funny video of a five that is most kind of fictional and made-up characters, whether that's in TV shows or movies, are on the extreme side of things. Um, so it's a little bit over the top. Um, then this short video of a guy named Russ Hudson, who's a, one of the big Enneagram experts. Um, we'll watch these kind of one to two minute clips each week at the beginning um, or at some point during the service because they just give a really good short snippet of what a number is. Um, and I also like how he starts it out. He says fives are the part of us that. Um, and he'll start each one kind of saying that because like we said last week, we all have every number in us, right? Um, so he's saying this is the part of you that does this, but dominant fives kind of take it to the extreme, right? Like this is this is who they are to their core. So uh, each week during our kind of teaching portion, we'll have a teaching portion and a sermonette. Um, Charity's doing the sermonette today. Um, but during the teaching portion, we're going to try to talk about the same thing about each number each week um, so that you get kind of the same picture. We cannot cover everything, right? Like Charity said, we only have an hour, mm -hmm. and this teaching portion is supposed to only be like 10 minutes total. Um, so we really can't cover a lot. We're missing some important information each week. So uh, we're hoping just to give you a snippet into maybe who you are or who your family is um, and for you to do the work later to research it. Uh, but each week we're going to go over things like your motivations or desires, kind of your fears um, for that dominant number, where that number goes in growth um, and in stress. So I'll explain that um, in a little bit. But we're also wanting to give you like names of famous people or fictional characters, um, famous ones from books or TV shows, because sometimes you hear about a number and you're like, that sounds terrible. Um, and I definitely am not that because I don't wanna be like that. Um, but you hear a famous person or a character, you're like, oh, okay, like that, that type's okay. Maybe I can be that. So it's a way to like help yourself be open to the possibility. And we'll also talk about very briefly about wings and I'll explain what that is when we get to that as well. So fives. Fives are the investigator. Um, they are usually very intellectual, really brilliant. Uh, their kind of motivation and desire is to be capable and competent. Um, and the way that that's accomplished is by becoming really, really smart in something, knowing every single thing about a certain topic. And in that, um, knowing they feel like they are in control and they're competent and they, they just know a lot of it, and that fulfills them in this really, really interesting way. Um, they're afraid, conversely, of being useless um, and incapable. So if they don't know a ton of stuff, anything you could ever know about a topic. Usually there's like a niche, right? So um, fives don't want to know, like you said in the video, a broad range of things, just like surface level things. They want to go really deep into one thing or a few things. And it's usually obscure. So to most other people, it, it looks weird, right? A five is like, like going really in depth into this and everybody else is like, why? Like what is going on here? Like this, this seems like meaningless to me, but to a five, if it's something that everybody else knows, if it's this non-obscure thing and it's well known across the board, 
what's the point, right? They're like, everybody else knows this. I don't need to know it. Um, but if it's this niche thing that they can use, uh, it's, it's really fulfilling for them. There's this quote that I found that I, um, that I liked, and it says, being a five means always needing to learn, to take in information about the world. A day without learning is like a day without sunshine. Learning makes me feel in charge and in control. Sometimes, this is my favorite part, sometimes understanding life is as good as living it. Sometimes understanding life is as good as living it, right? Fives like to understand why, this like deeper underlying thing of why. Um, and that can be to the extreme of uh, kind of neglecting to actually live their life well. Like if they're only trying to understand it, they can get lost in that and distance themselves from people in the world. Um, but healthy fives are these deep people who love to understand why. Um, and that, that understanding really, really um, gives them life. So uh, this illustration you see up here, uh, this is the stress and growth points. So what this is, each number, the Enneagram says, um, goes, it sounds weird, goes to another number in stress um, and goes to another number in growth. So for example here, uh, fives go to seven in stress, which means um, in times of stress or in times of unhealth, they take on some of the personality traits of a seven. So if it's your stress direction, that means you're going to take on the negative parts of that number. <laughs> so you don't take on a lot of the good things of it, you take on the negative parts. But the growth point, uh, the direction of growth in times of health, uh, fives take on some of the brilliant traits of the eight, some of the high traits, the good things about being an eight. Um, so, for example here, fives in times of stress kind of take on the seven's scatteredness, right? It's like this frantic energy. It could be a time of, um, in a social situation, a five may become very stressed, and it's like this manic, frantic energy, and maybe some stuttering involved, maybe just this, this way of talking and presence is just like scattered and all over the place. Uh, but in a good place, when a five is healthy, they go to an eight. So they take on this fearlessness that an eight had. They become assertive. Instead of uh, always hiding, fives have a tendency to kind of hide inside their head. Um, instead of hiding inside their head, they become open, they become assertive. This, this fearlessness that eights tend to bring, fives, when healthy, can really tap into that. Um, and it's, it's like a totally different person. So, um, wings. Wings are, who here knows about wings on the Enneagram? You don't have to, just wondering. Okay, about half the room. So, wings are, for a five, for example, this little circle that you see on your screen, um, fives, your wings are always the two numbers directly next to your your number. So if you're dominant five, your wings will be six and four. And the Enneagram argues that you're likely dominant currently in one of those wings. Um, and it helps explain some of the differences between 
five. So like every five is obviously nowhere close to being the same person, but wings kind of help explain why some people um, respond differently to things or why they understand the world a, diff a bit differently. So you can't be a um, dominant number three in the Enneagram and have an eight wing. Wings are always right next to your number and uh, usually you just kind of tap into some of those personality traits naturally um, and it explains some of your behavior. So for fives, um, you for a five wing six, this person takes on some of the wing four, takes on isn't the right word, but um, is kind of a bit like a uh, dominant four in the sense that they want to be unique. So this, this, uh, this intellectual person really may have like a even more unique niche, like this certain specific thing. Um, and they may also um, be more likely to attack mainstream thoughts. So they're, they want to be unique more to the point where if something is super mainstream, they want to question it. They want to ask why, like, is this actually truth? Is this good? And they want to offer a um, alternate theory about something and go with it because um, this uniqueness that fours bring, uh, a five with a four wing also kind of um, lives into that a little bit. A type five with a wing six, this person is usually called the problem solver. Um, so this is uh, a six. We briefly went over it last week. We'll go over it more in depth next week. Um, but sixes like to figure things out and figure out what can go wrong. So dominant five with a wing six is going to be this really brilliant person who is figuring out how to fix things. Um, it's it's a really cool combination, right? Like this, they're good at problem solving. They're going to be able to figure things out. They don't quite have all of the uh, traits that a six has, but they do have this desire to solve problems in the world or in relationships or in situations and that sort of thing. So famous people, uh, kind of some ones, some of these are confirmed and some are people who have died and we don't know for sure and people just assume, right? So the stereotypical one is Albert Einstein. Right, like he probably wasn't into the Enneagram. We don't know, maybe he was. Uh, but Albert Einstein is supposedly a five. Um, some modern people, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Sheldon from the Big Bang, as we saw. <laughs> or really just the whole show of the Big Bang. Um, it's, it's a very five show. It's really fun. Um, Sherlock Holmes is kind of a fictional character that, is Sherlock Holmes real? I don't know why I had this random thought that maybe he was a real person based off of it. It's a reasonable thought. Isn't it? Yeah, my mom said it's based on a real person. Okay, okay. Um, Thanks. So when you see TV shows or movies or if you read books, uh, when you have this person who thirsts for super deep knowledge or in your life you have somebody who cares about something and just always wants to go really deep, right? That quote of, um, I don't understand why people just hang out. Um, these people want purpose. Fives are independent. They they like to feel autonomous. They f they feel like when they when they are in their head, they're comfortable. Um, but they are who they are, and they feel like they can take care of themselves. And other people should be able to do the same. Um, again, that's a fallacy. It's not always true, right? Um, 
but fives are great. I have a couple friends who are fives and I just like to sit down and have conversations with them, right? Like they don't want to, they don't want to hang out, but they, if, if you want to have a real conversation, a deep conversation about things that matter to them, they will talk about it. Um, and they're good people to be around. So each week, as uh, Charity said, we are doing a spiritual practice that is particularly helpful for people who are dominant in whatever number we're talking about. And this week we are doing what's called the prayer of examine. And we will do it for the next, um, this Sunday and then the following two Sundays. And our hope is that uh, you don't just do this during the service. Um, we'll send out resources for it during the week and post on social media about it. But we hope that uh, you'll take the spiritual practices that we do on Sunday mornings and do them throughout the week. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's every day. Um, whatever fits with your schedule. But we hope that we're offering these spiritual practices that you can, um, that you can use as another tool. Right? Like we said last week, the Enneagram is a tool. And these spiritual practices are a tool to understand ourselves and God better um, so that we can live more fully into the way that uh, Jesus would want us to. Uh, so the youth that are in the room, and if there are any on Zoom, what we're about to do will be super familiar for you. We're going through a curriculum that has a practice called the Daily Replay, and this is super similar to it. It's just fashioned a little differently. So this is called the prayer of examine. So I will prompt you what to do throughout. This is a practice that people usually use at the end of the day. It's something that, it's called the daily examine. So it's encouraged to be used every day. It's best used kind of at night because you use it to examine, to review your day and to kind of see where God was working throughout. And as you do it consistently, you start to see different ways and different avenues that God um, is appearing through your day that you didn't realize before. Um, I've done it with um, groups before, and it's, it's really, really helpful. So I invite you to come comfortable where you are, however that be. If you need to put your feet on the floor, um, if you need to take a deep breath or two, Become comfortable, and I will prompt you on what to reflect on as we go. I invite you to become aware of God's presence, to take a deep breath, to look back on the events of the past few days, Invite God to walk with you as you consider those things. If it's a blur, if it's confusing, just ask God to bring you clarity. Simply invite God to be with your reflections. Now, review the day with gratitude with thankfulness. Give thanks to God for the past few days. Whatever you're reflecting on, give God thanks. Walk through the day, the past few days with God, 
And just think about the joys and delights. Think about the good, the times that you felt full and whole. Look back at the work that you did, the people that you interacted with. Pay attention to the small things, the food you ate, the sights you saw, a bird that was behind your house the noise of a train, whatever it is, pay attention to the things that brought you joy, the small things. And give thanks for them. Now the key to this is this next part. And for fives who always live in their head, you'll see why this is helpful. Pay attention to your emotions over the past few days. What's sticking out? Do you remember feeling angry? Do you remember feeling sad? Do you remember feeling scared? Do you remember feeling joyful? Do you remember feeling bored? Did you have compassion at some point? Were you confident at some point? Just name some feelings in your head. Consider what God might have been saying to you through those feelings. If you were frustrated, maybe God wants you to consider a new direction for something. If you were concerned about a friend, maybe you should have reached out. What might God be saying about these feelings, saying to you through them? Now pick one of those emotions, one of those times, whatever the emotion was that stuck out to you the most, choose it and just stick with it. Let the others dissipate. Even if it seems insignificant, even if you don't know why, even if you don't know what to do with it, just sit with it. Invite God to be present with you in it. And now that you've reviewed the past few days, I invite you to look toward tomorrow, to ask God to give you a light for tomorrow's challenges, ask God to help you respond differently to a situation if, um, if you feel like you should. Whatever God might've been saying to you through those feelings, ask that you'll listen better this time. And as you survey tomorrow, pay attention to the feelings that surface again. 
really lean into those feelings. Let them be what they are. God, we thank you for speaking to us through our feelings and not just through our thoughts. We thank you for challenging us to love the world better. And our prayer is that we are more in touch with our emotions, that we are more in touch with who we are, so that we can live that out. Amen.